Welcome. We're glad that you are here today. It's good to share this time of fellowship and worship with each of you, and we are we are glad that you are here and welcome everyone. We welcome our guests especially today. You're uh, very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of, uh, of our family as we worship God together. Uh, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us and pass them down so others can do the same. And uh, just give us whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us. I promise you we do not sell this information, so it stays right here. It would help us pay the building off. It sure would. <laughs> uh, go ahead, also, go ahead and uh, take your phones, check in on, uh, on your social media, let everybody know that you're here this morning and worshiping together. And let me remind you of a few announcements that we have, some things that are coming up and some things that are not coming up. For example, the, uh, the hymn sing that we've been talking about for several weeks now is not going to happen today. Uh, so don't show up here at 4 o'clock this afternoon because we won't be here. Uh, it's been postponed to another time. Don't know exactly the date at this point, uh, but uh, it, it will not be happening this, this afternoon. Uh, our upperclassmen group will be going to a Taste of Whitesville next Saturday. And uh, I, I missed it last year, and I'm going to miss it again this year, uh, but I understand it's really wonderful. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, to eat well. And you know how we Baptists like to eat well. Uh, so show up here at the church Saturday at 345 and, uh, and enjoy a, a wonderful Saturday uh, evening. Also, on the 31st, the following Saturday, we will be serving lunch at um, the Salvation Army. And so if you would like to volunteer for that, please see uh, Christine Cornelius, and she will get you signed up for that. And now it's my privilege to introduce someone. Can I say something wrong? Okay. No more than usual. Yeah. Now it's my privilege to introduce you uh, to someone. Bill Fiddler uh, would like to, to have a word with us. Bill is is a strong community leader here in in Henderson, involved in a lot of really neat projects going on here, including uh, Bill is the chair of the board of directors of the uh, Boys and Girls Club here that meets here at Community Baptist Church. In that regard, he'd like to have a few words with us. Bill. Thank you, Dr. Hobbs. And by the way, Baptists are not the only ones that like to eat well. Presbyterians do as well, and I know the Catholics also, so you don't have that uh, sole possession of that. You know, when I looked at the uh, website of Community Baptist Church, the first thing I saw was you are welcome here. Uh, and then being the presence of Christ and serving our world in need. And wow, is this church serving uh, the families of Henderson and the students in Henderson and a world in need. Uh, I asked one of your members, uh, uh, Mark Hobson, what was one of the more significant or the most significant event that's happened uh, 
in the history and the life of Community Baptist Church. And uh, you can imagine his answers. You know, it was, was it when you opened your doors in 1994? Was it when you moved to your first uh, storefront um, uh, sanctuary uh, in 1990? Shortly thereafter, actually. Uh, but act, what Mark responded with was it was the day that he joined the church. <laughs> so I wasn't surprised at that answer. You, you may be a little bit. Um, I submit to you that, that when the doors were opened on August the 7th to the Boys and Girls Club, when you opened your hearts uh, to our children, to our students, uh, and many of them disadvantaged, most of them disadvantaged, many of them marginalized, uh, that that has to be one of the most significant events in the life of this church. And if you haven't been here... Uh, in the afternoon, from I know many of you have been from three o'clock until six thirty in the afternoon. This is a raucous place, uh, but it's happening uh, in the house of the Lord. Uh, it's a it, it really is something that is so special. And uh, I, I read just re- trying to learn a little bit more about Community Baptist. I read Dr. Hobbs uh, some of his words last week and and some that stuck with me, uh, where life is not to be hoarded, it is to be fully lived abundantly and without reservation. It is to be invested in love and lasting influence and hope and faith on a wonderful harvest of lasting influence that will be reaped. Are you reaching your full potential as a follower of Christ? I hope when we come before our Lord, we will hear those joyful words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. This facility, and you as a congregation, and your willingness to open your hearts and your doors to our students will have such a significant and lasting impact on this community that it's hard to put it into words. And I think we will see it and we will feel it in Henderson uh, for years to come. The working families and single mothers that depend on after-school care now have quality after-school care at at a dollar a month. And all of this in the house of the Lord. These kids are surrounded by the arms of our loving Father. It's such a special, a, a special thing. Boys, 50 years ago, uh, I drove a bus and picked up kids for the Boys and Girls Club in High Point, North Carolina. And I would take them to the YMCA. I would take them to High Point basketball games. I would take them to High Point soccer games. I would try to do something with them. I didn't have a church to take them to. And that wasn't any church's fault. That's probably because I didn't think of it. But when you think of what's happening here, we start started off on August 7th with 80 registrations. We're now up over 150. And it will grow. It will grow. And it's because, it's because of you. It's because of you making a difference in a way that churches should make a difference in communities. 
and it's something that is so special. Uh, when you when you look at the Boys and Girls Club and its focus, uh, it's on academic success. It's on healthy lifestyles. It's on building good citizenship. And again, it's happening in the house of our good Lord. That's not that's not traditional in Boys and Girls Club. And we are so appreciative and thankful to Dr. Hobbs, uh, to the leadership of this uh, of this church, and to each of you in this congregation that you're making such a difference. And from uh, from on behalf of our board and the many individuals and organizations uh, and and community foundations that have made the Boys and Girls Club possible, I want to tell you thank you. Hallelujah, and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. Uh, it, it, it's an honor uh, to be associated with the Boys and Girls Club. And, and Bill, nobody has ever accused Community Baptist Church of being traditional in any way. So, <laughs> so we, we're kind of breaking tradition and doing this, but it is an honor to do this, and it is a blessing. Um, you, should have, you should have been here the first day that the Boys and Girls Club opened. I was standing here at the door uh, when some of the first kids were coming in, and this little boy walked through those doors right there and looked around and went wow <laughs> and it's been like that ever since it's, it, it, it is a little raucous but it's good raucous you know, it, it's, it's fun to hear these the noises of the kids out here having fun and the balls being kicked around and, and just, uh, just a great atmosphere of love and support and, um, and goodness happening so thank you all for, for being a part of that and thank you for letting us be a part of that. Uh, we're, we're grateful to, to all of you. Let us stand and let us uh, greet each other. Let us share the love of Christ with one another. <laughs>
us pray together. Oh, holy God, we thank you for the great love that you have shown to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. You could have chosen to punish us. You could have chosen to destroy us for the ways which we have failed to acknowledge you. You could have responded in so many ways and and you would have been justified. And yet, you look upon each and every one of us and are moved with compassion. You are more aware of the ways in which we can be unlovable, and yet you have loved us more than anyone. You responded to our fallen ways by taking human flesh upon yourself, by joining your life with ours, by getting your hands dirty, becoming weak like us, suffering and dying for us. And so, God, we pray that you would open our hearts today. Help us to be real before you. Help us to lay our lives before you with all that makes us strong and beautiful and also with all of our brokenness and shame. Heal us. Change us. Remake us. Restore us. Fill our lives with joy as we participate in this lifelong relationship of being made strong in your strength, being made whole in your holiness. Give us a heart like yours, O God, free from condemnation, but full of compassion and grace. Give us a heart to put people first and to reach out with love and goodness and to offer our own ministry of healing to those who are hurting around us. Show us your way, O God, and help us to follow. For we pray this in the name of Christ, the compassionate healer. Amen.
Let us pray. (laughs) Generous God, it has been a month of bad news. The awful shootings in El Paso and Dayton, the election mudslinging, the stock market downturn. All of that just makes us anxious. And yet, the Boys and Girls Club has had a great start. Mm -hmm. Our local community leaders continue to work together to make this a safe and strong place to raise our families. And best of all, you, oh God, always watch over us like a mama bear. Thank you for being with us when we feel anxious and unsure. Thank you for being with us when we feel at peace and protected. Thank you for loving us enough to hang with us. Now, God, may we use our money, our time, and ourselves to make this world a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. And God, just so you'll know, we love you too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.
scripture reading for the day comes from Luke 13, 10-17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues of the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with the spirit that he had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your alignment. When he laid his hands on her, he immediately sh- she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cheered on the Sabbath, he kept saying to the crowd, These are six days and on which work out to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Manger and lead it way to give it water. And out on not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to some shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord.
Isn't that neat? Felt like I was in a synagogue, man. Maybe a scene out of uh, Fiddler on the Roof or something. That was so cool. And, and by one of my favorite musicians, Ken Miedema. If you don't know about Ken Miedema, you need to find out about Ken Miedema. What a wonderful musician he is. I heard about a man who was leaving a grocery store one day when he was approached by two young boys selling candy bars for their school band. And the man told the boys, I will buy one of your candy bars on one condition. You eat it for me. So the man bought the chocolate bar bar and promptly handed it back to one of the little boys, but the boy shook his head and said, I can't. And the man asked, well, why not? And the little boy looked him gravely in the eye and said, I'm not supposed to take candy from strangers. Now, that's someone who knows how to follow the rules. He may not understand why he's not supposed to take candy from strangers, but he understands the importance of obeying his parents who told him not to take candy from strangers. And so no matter what the circumstance is, he's going to keep that rule. And as a consequence, at least on this occasion... He missed out on some free candy. I don't know if I could be that obedient, could you? It's not a popular subject in our world today, but let's talk for a few moments this morning about obedience. Obedience, especially when it requires sacrifice, is a commendable quality. You have to believe in a cause that is greater than yourself to obey a rule or a principle that causes you to sacrifice your own pleasure or your own comfort. And our scripture passage for today is partly about the Sabbath and what it means to keep the Sabbath and how God expects us to to keep it holy. When Barbara Brown Taylor was a junior in high school, she dated a very talented basketball player named David. And David could have been the star of his team, but because David was Jewish, he abstained from playing basketball on Friday nights. Why? Because the Jewish Sabbath begins on, at sundown on Friday. And he felt that play, playing basketball was a violation of Sabbath law. And of course, since so many high school basketball games take place on Friday nights, this was a real sacrifice for him. After the Friday night basketball games, Barbara and her friends would go over to David's house and give him all of the details of the game that had just been been played that he had missed. And they would sit and talk in the glow of candlelight, since David's family also did not use electricity on the Sabbath. And one Friday night, one of his teammates asked David how he handled missing the the Friday night games, especially when his team usually lost when he wasn't there. And David answered, nobody makes me do this. I'm a Jew and Jews observe the Sabbath, he said. He said six days a week. He loved nothing more than playing basketball, and he gladly gave all that he had to the game. But on the seventh day, he loved being a Jew more than he loved playing basketball, and he gladly gave all that he had 
for the Sabbath. Now there's a young man who understands the meaning of obedience. And we may not agree with his strict interpretation of keeping the Sabbath, but I, I suspect that all of us do admire him for his commitment to his faith. For centuries, Orthodox Jews, for millennia, Orthodox Jews have kept the strict observance of the Sabbath as the Lord's day of rest. And in Jesus' day, Jewish believers didn't work on the Sabbath at all, even if that work involved the act of healing. But apparently, Jesus saw things a little differently. He healed this woman on the Sabbath. And this enraged the leader of the synagogue. You have six other days when you can ask for healing, he thought to himself. Why do you have to be so needy, so greedy on the Sabbath? Your deeds of healing are interfering with our religious observance. In the Jewish synagogues of Jesus' day, there were separate places for the men and the women to worship. The men would usually sit up front while the women would sit in the back, often behind the, the lattice wall. And then there, there was this one particular woman that day who had been severely crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't straighten her back. And Jesus saw this woman... And when he did, his heart went out to her. Can you imagine living in this condition for 18 years? This would have been horribly painful. And probably interfered with simple things of life. Like like enjoying a face-to-face conversation with your friends. But Jesus saw her. And he called her over to him and told her that she had been set free. And then he touched her and she was instantly healed. And immediately the woman started praising God. What an awesome miracle of God. What a tremendous display of God's mercy and compassion and love. Except there was one problem. You see, Jesus performed this act of mercy on the Sabbath. And that was not kosher. The leader of the synagogue was infuriated. He wondered, he wondered and, and we wonder why. I mean, why was he so upset about that? I mean, imagine witnessing a miracle of this magnitude and not being able to praise God for it. And it's important for us to note that Jesus does not minimize the holiness of God by freeing this woman on the Sabbath. In fact, her healing is an act of Sabbath. In Deuteronomy 5, verse 15, Moses, uh, reminding the people of Israel about God's commandment, says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Do you see what he does here? He connects the observance of the Sabbath with the liberating mercy of God in liberating His people from Egypt. 
In other words, liberation is a Sabbath act. But what this leader of the synagogue did not seem to understand was that setting people free from slavery or pain or suffering is honoring the Sabbath. What better way to honor the Sabbath than than to help someone in distress? What better way to honor the, the Sabbath than to give freedom to someone who is suffering? In Washington, D.C.'s Museum of the Bible, there's a copy of the so-called Slave Bible on display there. If you've never heard of the Slave Bible, it is a reminder of how the Bible was once distorted and misused to justify slavery and to keep black people in bondage. The Slave Bible was compiled in the early 1800s. And the main difference between the Slave Bible and the Bible that most of us read these days is what is missing from it. You see, the typical Protestant Bible has 66 books in it. But the Slave Bible only contained 14 Old Testament books. And some of them are incomplete. Most of them are incomplete. And as for the New Testament, major sections are left out completely. The slave Bible starts off with the creation story, and then it jumps over to Joseph getting sold into slavery by his brothers, which, interestingly enough, portrays this as a good thing for Joseph. And then the slave Bible skips over to the Israelites in slavery in Egypt. And in the New Testament, the whole book of Revelation is left out, so there is no new heaven and no new earth. There is nothing to look forward to. And almost every reference to freedom is removed from this Bible. And so slave owners could boast that they were being good Christians by teaching their slaves God's Word. But since they were using such a distorted, misleading Bible... They could ensure that their slaves would not get any ideas that their lives were important to God. And that freedom was something that God wanted for them. Can you imagine being so desperate to keep another person in slavery that you would decimate the Word of God? Can you imagine being so evil that you would turn God's truth into propaganda designed to keep people in bondage? Unfortunately, in many ways, it's still happening today. As people misinterpret the Bible to support their distorted moral and cultural and political positions. My friends, God created us in God's image. And God's plan from the very beginning was to free us from the suffering of this world and to restore us to God's image. And God's promise of freedom helps us to overcome any burdens that we face in this life. And that freedom is God's plan for all of us.
Let me give you an example of someone who got to experience that kind of ex- that kind of freedom in his life. If if only for just a few minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Many of you know that the well-renowned um, physicist Stephen Hawking was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, when he was 21 years old. <clears throat> and at the time of his diagnosis, he was only expected to live another two years. But miraculously, he made it to the ripe old age of 76 which and, and died just a few months ago. But he spent most of his adult life imprisoned in a wheelchair as his muscles and his nerves atrophied, literally trapping this brilliant mind in a weak and decimated body. Well, one of Dr. Hawking's friends is a brilliant engineer and an inventor named Peter Diamantis. And Peter is is a pioneer in making space exploration available to the people. He owns a company that that offers zero-gravity flights for the public. And so he arranged to to fly Stephen Hawking on one of his zero-gravity flights so that he could experience zero-gravity for himself. Now, this was a, a very this was very special because this would be the first time in over 40 years that Dr. Hawkins would be free from his wheelchair. Well, at first, the Federal Aviation Administration blocked their plans because the rules specified that only able-bodied people could fly in zero-gravity conditions. And so Peter bought a malpractice insurance policy for the flight and consulted with all of Dr. Hawking's physicians. And and they finally signed off on the flight. And Peter had a special emergency room set up on the plane in case Dr. Hawking had any, um, any medical emergencies. And after all of these preparations... Dr. Hawkins was finally ready for the ride of his life. (laughs) The pilot had only planned to take one arc in this zero gravity that would last only a few minutes, but Dr. Hawkins was having such a great time, they ended up making eight arcs in zero gravity. While for the first time in decades... Dr. Hawkins was free. In an interview later, Dr. Hawkins said, For me, that was true freedom. People who know me well say that my smile was the biggest that they had ever seen. Look at it. (laughs) He said, I was Superman for those few minutes. Can you imagine the joy that this brought to Stephen Hawking as he experienced this kind of freedom for the first time in so many years? And can you imagine the joy that this woman who had been bent over for 18 years experienced? When Jesus healed her that day in the synagogue. Can you imagine her standing straight up for the first time in 18 years and feeling like Superwoman? My friends, setting people free is God's work. 
And that means it's Sabbath work. Setting people free was what Jesus was all about. Whether it's freedom from some disability or freedom from some, something in your past, some hurtful past, freedom from some sin or anxiety in your life. That's why Jesus came to this world, to set people free. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. One thing more. Praising God is honoring the Sabbath. I want you to notice that after Jesus reached out and touched this woman, she instantly straightened her back, stood straight up, and began praising God. She knew that she had been set free. She knew that this was something that that only God would be able to do for her. And so without hesitation, she began praising God. This woman's healing had freed her. But even if we are never physically healed... Even if we are still hurting and burdened and looking for answers, praising God still sets us free. My friends, we were made to praise God. Praising God helps us to rise up like this woman and thank God and and worship God and remember that God is the source of all of life. Praising God is the ultimate Sabbath act. Because when we praise God, we recognize who God is and who God made us to be and how God made us to live in relationship with God. Reverend Michael Curry tells about traveling to Botswana, Africa a while back to visit the ministries and the missions of the Anglican Church there. And he especially enjoyed visiting the daycare centers that provided food and and education and spiritual training to the little children from poor and desperate circumstances. At one daycare center, Reverend Curry uh, was leading the, the group of kids and singing some praise songs. And he noticed that there was one little girl sitting on the side who wasn't dancing like the other little children were doing. And then he noticed that there was a pair of crutches nearby. And as the children got up to play, the little girl struggled to her feet and leaned heavily on that pair of crutches. And when the, girl, when the children headed to the playground, the little girl followed very slowly behind them. And the director of the daycare explained that this little girl was unable to walk at all when they first found her. You see, the daycare center workers go out into the neighborhoods looking for children in need. And, and they asked this little girl's grandparents if they could take care of her, if they could uh, take care of her, some of her needs there. And through the medical care offered at this mission, this little girl was now able to walk with the help of these crutches. Suddenly, as they, they watched, the little girl fell. She lost her balance and she fell to the ground. And even though the adults standing by nearby wanted to help her, they knew that this little girl needed to learn how to take care of herself. And slowly, with great effort, she pushed herself up with her crutches 
and limped towards the other children. The daycare director said, We believe that God has something better in store for every child. And it's our job to help each child find out what that is and then rise up and live it. Sounds kind of like Boys and Girls Club, doesn't it? And isn't that what Jesus did for this woman? He knew that God had something better in store for her. And he wanted her to find out what that was and then rise up and live it. My friends, God established the the Sabbath not to bind us up with a bunch of pointless rules and regulations, but to remind us of who God is. And to remind us of who God made us to be. And of how God provides for us. And of how the people of God will spend eternity sharing in God's eternal Sabbath rest. And once we understand that, we can offer that same kind of hope and truth and freedom to others in the name of Jesus Christ. So that all people, may, all people may rise up and live the life of freedom and blessing that God wants for each of us. That, my friends, that is honoring the Sabbath. Amen. Wow. (laughs) I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, let's sing. Have thine own way, Lord. Let's let's make that happen. Let's sing.
as we depart from one another, may we go with joy and care for our sisters and brothers. May we encourage one another in Christian discipleship, prayer, and service. And may the love and grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ transform us into a holy people for God's honor and glory. Amen.